Warning. What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem. I'm Nick. Oh, and I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into this. You know, as yeah, uh, our regular listeners may know at this point, or if you're new to the show, I'm about to tell you a tale, and okay. you're gonna listen to it, and you're gonna. I like am gonna it. listen. I'm gonna <laughs> love it. Hopefully. Um, yeah, we'll see. So yeah. I mean, I guess I shouldn't make that commitment. I feel confident though. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get in here. Okay. Late in the late in the summer months of 1955. Hundreds of people began gathering on a small family farm outside of Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. I might be very excited already. Maybe. Yes. Okay. All right. Maybe. Daily they, daily they would come from all around to stroll through the fields, meander about, have a picnic, peruse the farmhouse. The new public attraction seemed to be a big hit amongst the people that would come to visit. However, there's always some party poopers, the fly in the ointment, the real buzzkills. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the Sutton family. (laughs) Yes. I'm very Uh, happy this is happening. No No relation. relation. No. No. None. But... No. Pretty. Ex- I'm okay. Please tell me a story. All right. Because I'm not going to say I know of this story, but let's mm-hmm. say hypothetically, if I did, I never probably, I never spent the days that you've done doing it. So I'm very excited if this is this is that. Okay. Probably. <laughs> I mean, it, how can right. it not be at this point? But yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, anyways, we're going to talk about the Sutton family. Badass. Sutton family were hardworking farmers who owned a small farm. Uh, they survived on a low cash income. They lived in a s- pretty small, unpainted three-room house. It didn't have running water, no telephone, no radio, no television, books, not a lot of furniture. The living room was heated by a fireplace, and the bedroom by uh, an iron stove. Cooking so was done school. on a kerosene. St- yeah, cooking was done on a kerosene stove. And water drawn from a well in the backyard. The doors didn't have any locks and only screens to keep nature at bay in this quaint home. So when hundreds of people start showing up and just walking into your house, you could maybe say they were nonplussed and quickly became frustrated. Understandably so. A few days of this nonsense and they decided to hang a no trespassing sign. That didn't seem to deter anyone at all. Oh, well, yeah, try. People would walk, would park all along the small street, and they would walk right onto the property. They would walk all over and just come strolling through fields right up to the farmhouse. Walk right in. What, the doors weren't locked? (laughs) 
God damn it. This is insane. They acted like they owned the place, and why shouldn't they? The Suttons obviously wanted the attention. Look, obviously. after a few days and the no trespassing sign not deterring anyone, they put up a sign asking for payment to come out of the property. 50 cents admission. Price was raised a couple times from there. One point, the sign wanted 50 cents to get on the property, a dollar for information, and $10 for taking any pictures. Those, uh, that sign was useless too. They didn't, of course. They didn't stop any of the sightseers. And they were all just free as ever to walk around with no fences, gates. Obviously, they don't have any guards, no locks on the doors. There's no way to keep them out, let alone compel payment. They never any ended up getting any money at all. Of course, of course not. Well, there's no stru- there's no structure. There's no lines. There's no gates. It's just show up. Here you go. Yeah, it said people would just like walk out of the woods and be like, oh, oh here it is. <laughs> like, what a different time. Yeah, I would have loved to have been one of those people in the woods. Ah, we're fucking here. Hey, <laughs> hey, we found it. Yeah, great. Uh, so let's go walk in. Let's go in. Hey, do you think the house is locked? Yeah, let's go inside. <laughs> yeah, let's just walk into this people's house. I mean, like, ev- oh my god, even if I'm, even if I am going to like someone's house to look up things or to investigate things, I'm not. I would never even dream of just walking inside their home. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I don't even do that when I come over to your house. <laughs> no. Hey, I'm here. Nope. Yeah. Okay. You know I'm coming. Right. Typically. Yeah. And then I, I give you a call. I'm like, hey, I'm here. Like, okay, I'll meet you down there. So that's the permission yeah. to enter into the house. Right. Yeah. As so, opposed what, to, what here a, I am. What What are these maniacs doing? <laughs> like, it's like, oh, yeah. this is where these people live, huh? Oh, let's check yeah. it out. <laughs> oh, well, oh, he's looking at the fucking TV guide. Oh, he looks like he's reading this book. Takes out the bookmark. Yeah. No. Yeah. Anyway, so let's uh, let's talk about the family that lived in this home a little bit. Okay. Uh, the matriarch of the family, uh, Mrs. Glennie Lankford, she'd been remarried and widowed, hence the name change. From all accounts, she was a no-nonsense woman, a devout member of her church, and I put stern, but I don't know if stern's really the right word for her from what I read. Like, she just sounds like a, I don't know. A you know matriarchal figure, yeah, like a strong, like a strong woman. That's just like yeah. you know she's got her shit yeah. together, right? Yeah. Then there's her eldest son Elmer, who's known as Lucky. Of course, because nicknames, whatever. Yeah, Lucky Sutton and his wife Vera. They were both home from work for some time. Uh, they both worked in a traveling carnival and had came home for a bit while the circus took a break i guess or maybe they were taking a break from the circus or carnival yeah, life i yeah. the one or the other maybe yeah the off season maybe if the circus yeah. have those and working in the carnival is where elmer got his nickname lucky because he had it tattooed on his left hand you know okay L- yeah mm-hmm. getting so it on the thumbs of, interesting to me but yeah he kind of willed that nickname into existence but getting that tattoo didn't he yeah, I guess so. It's like one of those <laughs> things. Like, can you give yourself a nickname? Huh? It's like, well, if this is the only way, if this is the most recognizable thing about me, it's my fucking name now. Yeah. Uh. So John Charlie Sutton, uh, known as J.C., and his wife Aileen, 
along with their three children, were permanent residents of the home. Uh, J.C. ran the family farm, but when Lucky was around, you could really tell the older brother was in charge. The two men were dominant in the household, though, uh, both very strong character and were said to have a like forcefulness or powerfulness about them. You know, no-nonsense guys, kind of. Uh, the sons were real salt-of-the-earth kind of people, poor but hardworking and proud. Also living in the house was Aileen's brother, O.P. Baker. He had a home in Hopkinsville, but would very regularly stay with the Suttons overnight, where he could get picked up more easily by a co-worker on, you know, on, for their ride together to work. Also residing in the home was another couple, currently not working for the Traveling Carnival. Uh, good friends of Lucky was his friend Billy Ray Taylor and his wife June. So effectively, we had 11 people living in this small three-room. And when I say three-room, I don't mean three-bedroom. I mean three rooms. Right. Which... So... God. So it was a little bit crowded. Yeah. Cozy. Yeah, and now there's just mobs of people all over the place. So... Well, we've dubbed these mobs for our show, and I, I think it should just become a thing now, is maybe uh, all these people gather around. Was this a mess? This is a mess. This sounds it's like a mess. It's a mess of sorts. Less it's guns involved. Right. To, compared but, to previous messes we've discussed. Sure. Yeah. Anyways, August 21st, around 11 p.m., two vehicles come ripping up to the Hopkinsville police station. Eleven scared-to-death civilians come pouring into the station, children <laughs> screaming, women crying, men yelling, hearts all around pounding. The extreme and tremendous fright displayed by the Sutton family, who we're just going to refer to them all as the Sutton family. Sure, I mean, uh, it's easier that way, yeah. Yeah, that's how most newspapers did it, too, so... Well, I mean, there's they came to the same conclusions we are. There's 11 people in this fucking house. Fine, they're all they're yeah. a family at that point. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, blood or no uh, blood, you are a family. Yeah, the Sutton fa- the fear displayed by the Sutton family was palpable to all the police working at the time. Police Chief Russell Greenwell said something scared those people. Something beyond reason. Nothing ordinary. These aren't the kind of people who normally run to the police for help. When they feel themselves threatened, what they do is reach for their guns. But one thing's sure, these women were scared green. Or those women. Either way. Everybody's terrified. Absolutely. So with that, the police mobilized. They radioed the headquarters of the Kentucky State Police, which then put out orders to state troopers patrolling the highways and even those at home, to get to the police station and then get over to Kelly, the town where uh, nearby. Sure. The Christian County Sheriff's Office, who is located in the same building as the city police, sent a deputy sheriff and telephoned the staff photographer of the Kentucky New Era newspaper. A state police car reached the Hopkinsville police station. The trooper who drove it did not know the location of the farmhouse, and even by daylight, the turnoff of 
US 41 onto the old Mad- Madisonville Road is very easy to miss. Ahead of them, therefore, went one of the Sutton cars to show the way. They were hardly gone before another state police car, its siren screaming, drove up and on its heels, Chief Greenwell in his own police car. June Taylor was still at the police station. She had not wanted to go back, but uh, at this point was also frightened of maybe missing out on figuring out what was actually behind all this and had asked right. Chief Greenwell to take her back with him. He refused because he expected to drive too fast to risk having a civilian passenger. Oh, my God. He, he was, was going like, to go uh, ripping. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're on that. It's okay. We don't have time for spectators today. Yeah. Uh, so one officer that rode back with one of the Sutton vehicles was seated next to Billy Ray, and he noticed that Taylor was pale, almost hysterical, and took his pulse, and he had a heart heart rate of over 140 beats per minute. Yikes. So back before this uh, mess began, and back before a high-speed family trip uh, to the police station... Yeah, come on, get a car, guys. We gotta fucking move. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get into the Sutton family's evening. Okay, please do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. As 8 p.m. came that Sunday night, everyone was indoors at the farmhouse. It was a... Um, at this point, it was almost dark. A clear, dark night with a new moon setting at 8.30. It was hot, and the air was full of mosquitoes. Around 7 p.m., Billy Ray had gone out to the well in the backyard for a drink of water. He came hurrying back into the house with a tall tale about seeing a flying saucer. As he was bringing up the bucket, he said, he saw a silvery object which was really bright and had an exhaust of all colors. It came silently towards the house from the southwest and about 30 or 40 feet overhead. It continued down the fields on a horizontal course then it slowed, came to a stop in the air, and dropped straight to the ground. Mm. It disappeared into a, the 40-foot gully at the end of the fields. Billy Ray's story amused the family, but they were not really in the habit of taking him seriously. They said, uh, must have been a shooting star. They talked about it for a few minutes and then kind of passed it off as a joke. Makes sense. As they all sat around, helping the kids get to bed or cleaning up from the dinner, uh, the dog began to bark violently, though. Oh, no. Lucky, Lucky and Billy Ray went to the back door and looked out to see what was bothering the dog. At this point, the dog then just put its tail between its legs and ran underneath the house. Oh, not the pups. No, pups, no. Yeah. Out in the field, growing closer and closer, was a strange glow. As it came, grew near, they could make out what seemed to be a small man. Though, a man not much like any they had ever seen before. He was about three and a half feet tall, with an oversized head that was almost perfectly round. He had arms that reached 
close to the ground, and it seemed to have huge talons at the end of its fingers. Oh, no. The eyes were much bigger than human eyes, and they glowed with a yellowish light in the darkness. The eyes seemed to be affixed neither on the front nor on the side of their head, but almost in between. The whole creature was seemingly made out of a silver metal that gave off an eerie light in the darkness. And as this glowing creature approached, its hands were raised, reaching up. He was approaching the house slowly, moving towards the back door. As Lucky and Billy Ray watched this thing approach the house, uh, they armed themselves. Fair. They, uh, yeah, 12-gauge shotgun for Lucky and a oh, twenty-two God. rifle for Billy. Yeah, just in case. Yeah. <laughs> this is whatever um, this thing decides to do, just in case. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that is, and it's getting closer. Luckily, we have this. I mean, like the cop said, these people take care of shit themselves, so they're they're doing what they've been known to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they withdrew slightly into the house, and they waited until the creature got within 20 feet of the back door, and both men began firing. They waited the creature, a long time. Yeah. I mean, like, they watched this like, thing. They're probably like, like looking at it like, uh, are you seeing this? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Let's give him a few more steps, a few more yards. He's not mo- He's not stopping. Yeah, he's still moving. Well, mm-hmm. light, light him up. <laughs> I mean, maybe they were worried it was a guy, too. Like, you know, a person. Well, that's true. Just like getting tricks played on their eyes or something. Well, cause but they let him get close. You know that, yeah, they've had that happen before, you know, I'm sure. Like, what's what the fuck's that? Oh, it's just Dave from across the way. Oh, sorry, yeah. Dave. We almost shot you. He's like, yeah, I know. My car broke down. Don't shoot me. Yeah, right. So, yeah, they waited until he got within about 20 feet of the door. Took some shots. The creature seemed to somersault backwards, and almost like a flip. And oh my it God. scrambled hastily upright and scurried away into the darkness. It's got some skills. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's it got hit, and like the force of the blast like threw it almost, you know? Like that's yeah. what flipped it, maybe? Yeah. Then he lands. Whoosh, time to go. Yeah. Lucky and Billy Ray stood there waiting a few minutes and then went into the, into the living room where the women were gathered, crying out, what is happening? You know, there's gunfire and yeah. Legitimate concern. What is happening? So, yeah, they enter the living room and people are freaking out. Suddenly, another creature appears at the side window. The men fired at it through the screen. Again, it flipped and disappeared. Damn. J.C. Sutton was standing at the corner of the fireplace nearest the window. He was equipped with a 20-gauge shotgun. Billy Ray, still using the 22 rifle, also fired the wi- fired through the window at this creature. The men armed now, decided to go outside and see if they had killed it. As they went out the front door, Billy Ray leading the way, he s- as he stood under the small overhanging roof about to step down into the yard, everyone behind him saw a claw-like hand reach down and grab at his head. Ah! They screamed, and Aileen Sutton grabbed him and 
pulled him back into the house. Lucky, close behind, pushed back, pushed out into the yard, turned the 12 gauge up towards the creature on the overhang, fired and knocked it off the roof over the backside. Oh my God. There's one up in the tree too, Billy Ray yelled, pointing. Both Lucky and Billy Ray shot at that one, blasting it off the limb where it floated to the ground. They, They continued firing until it scurried off into the weeds. Almost at the same moment from the corner of the house, right in front of Lucky came another, or the same one that had possibly been blasted off the roof. The running creature seemed capable of extreme speeds, and it became impossible to tell whether there were several of them or there was two or three that would quickly disappear and reappear in another place. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So as the as this one came sprinting around the corner of the house, Lo- Lucky brought the shotgun down to bear on it and fired a point-blank point shot. He said it sounded as if they, if the blast had hit a metal bucket. The thing then kind of f- flipped over got up and ran off into the darkness, seemingly unhurt. Jesus. Seeing that uh, what should have been a devastating hit was maybe a glancing blow at best, Yeah, uh, they, they decided to get back inside and reevaluate tactics. <laughs> Let's talk about this, guys. Okay, so the guns don't do shit. They're flipping around. They're climbing from trees. We're surrounded, essentially. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, they get back inside and the next approach they decided would be leave the things alone. Maybe not for now. Uh, they, till we can come up with a better plan because the guns aren't working. So as they discussed it, still glancing out the windows, they realized the creatures approach the house. Whenever they approach, they would come from dark parts of the yard. They would seem to avoid the lights that were above the front and back doors. Okay. They also noticed that when they came toward the house, they had an upright posture, walking slowly with their hands raised. Interesting. When they were running, however, they ran, uh, they moved very differently. The arms seemed to do most of the propulsion, and their thin spindly, inflexible legs seemed to be used more for balance than anything. And when they ran, they kind of hunched slightly at the hips. Um, Not much of a bend because their arms were so long to grab the ground and throw them forward. Yeah, Um, so it's almost like their body is kind of like horizontal. They just kind of like lean, yeah, they just kind of like lean forward and then they're um, but the legs were never seen to bend as, so that from what they could tell, there was no knee joint. The arms, however, were bent at an elbow, and when the creatures approached the house with raised hands, but no other real flexibility of arms or hands was noticed except for when that one tried to grab Billy Ray's head when he ran or stepped out the door. so much detail oh my god yeah the the eyes nor the head were seen to turn to follow any of the movements of the people 
So they they seem like they're very rigid almost because they're they're you know their heads not turning to follow movement and just kind of weird. Sure. So while contemplating all of this, there came a scraping sound from the roof. The men went into the backyard to see a creature scurrying across the farmhouse. They shot at it and knocked it from the roof, which it then floated to the back fence, a distance of some 40 feet, where then it seemed to perch, where, and they continued shooting at it, where it was knocked off the fence, and this time it scurried off into the weeds on all fours. Except for the big glowing yellow eyes, the creatures were the same color all over. In the dark, it was a phosphorescent or luminescent glow. But when a light was turned on them, this changed to kind of a dull metallic look. Okay. The body surface gave the impression that it was skin. Uh, The glow of the bodies increased when they were either shot at or as if or shouted at. They had strange triangular ears, large, floppy, wrinkled like leather, and pointed at the tip. The creatures made no noise at any time. If there was a mouth, no one ever saw one open. They made no sound. And although the bushes and weeds like rustle when these things ran through them. They were like completely silent when they moved. Uh, on the metal roof, though, they could hear what sounded like talons dragging across it when they were moving. Ah. So, so you know, it's it's big long claws when yeah, they moving on the roof. They could hear it scraping and digging into the. Yeah, it's just scratching and clawing up and uh, yeah, just rubbing against, sliding. You know, mm-hmm. you know how that goes. Yeah. They all, they kind of described it as like a tapping sound, you know, like when you would hear like the each step probably. Yeah. Oh shit. Um. They never seemed to actually be hostile, though. They made no attempt to retaliate for the shootings. They never attempted to enter the house. They simply stood at doors or windows looking in. If these would have been human beings. Their actions would probably have been perceived as, you know, curious. Right. But if they were a human, you could be like, hey, dude, what's up? Yeah. (laughs) And And by all accounts, they were like yelling at these things, like yelling, shouting, shooting, you know. And if they're walking up with their hands up, it's like, that's like the universal sign of like, let's talk or something. Yeah. I mean, you no harm. Oh, but then they I, but then they never gonna, said anything at all, right? Or made any noises, or right? Yeah, maybe they. Yeah, they can. Maybe that. Yeah, maybe maybe these entities could not speak in such a manner that we could understand. Yeah, which they found out the language of bullets pretty fast. Oh my <laughs> god, what is this? Yeah. Uh, so again and again, matters would get worse. They would keep approaching. They were approached multiple times on the house. They were shot at multiple times. Mrs. Langford eventually yelled at the boys to get back in the house and shut the door. The things aren't doing us any harm. 
but the other women and children were growing increasingly terrified. At some point, one of the children had gotten outside, and in their in their terror, and when the child got outside, the men were out went outside too, or were already outside, and a creature began approaching the house and began and they fired at it. Of course. After seeing this horrifying sight, the child was carried back into the house where the and at this point the Sutton family decided to pile into the two vehicles and seek more firepower at the local police station. I was like, yeah, we've had about enough of this standoff here, this siege that's going on. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So then we get back to the police station. And then they all rally the troops and everything, you know. They all come pouring in back to the farm, the family farm. And eventually, none of the none of the family would go in the house after leaving it for about a half hour before they got back. None of yeah. them would go back in until the police went in and kind of cleared it out. Yeah, go send in. Yeah, you guys, our tax dollars pay you. Go check that out. We've been yeah. there for. Yeah, you deal with this for a second. Yeah. So yeah, they uh they bunch of cops come rolling in all sorts of investigations going on they don't find anything in the house they don't they find shell casings everywhere um yeah i bet (laughs) (laughs) yeah and holes in the screens and uh they find some shotgun pellets in like the frame of one of the windows and but they uh don't really find anything there's Nothing. Yeah. They find some pointed out um, a weird patch of grass that seemed to glow when you looked at it from a certain angle. But uh, they made note of it. Um, They couldn't explain it or didn't seem to be anything really there. But when they looked at it, it seemed to glow from a different angle. So Okay. Gotcha. they They spent a few hours looking around and yeah they the police ended up leaving at around 2:30 a.m. after not finding anything and just kind of leaving the family to it and letting them kind of sleep take, it off or whatever yeah, like yeah good good luck or take care or best wishes I don't know what, I don't know what the cops say after that it's like all right well Mm-hmm. Just there's your house again. Enjoy. Uh, we're leaving. Yeah. I, well, nothing's here, so it's probably fine. Just go to sleep, I guess. Right. Right. But of course, they're like, "What if they come back, officers?" It's like, you might need to just go to bed. Yeah. And so that's what they try to do. Makes sense. And Mrs. Uh. Langford, um, laying in bed, trying to, you know, sleep it off, get over it. Like, it was probably nothing, you know. It was scary, but I don't know what it was. So I'm trying to go to sleep. And she looks up, and there's just one in the window, just staring at her. Fuck, no! And here we go again. 
grabbing the guns, one blasts through the window, taking shots at it, and it's, again, guns deployed, everybody's looking around. Yeah, it's time. This goes on all night. Oh my god. They end up finally trying to get some sleep when the sun begins to come up. Maybe that will protect them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that was it. The sun came up, and everything seemed to be normal-ish. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, then reporters come back, and the police come back, and they continue their investigation in the daytime. And... They never f- found any, like, there's no evidence of drinking or drugs, and Ms. Langford is actually didn't allow alcohol in the home, so they there's no signs of that. Um, yeah, these little men showed up, harassed this family for an entire night from basically yes. sunset to sunrise. Uh-huh. And investigators can't figure out anything. There were multiple reports from this day uh, of meteors or different flying saucers, potentially. But there sure. were multiple reports in the area. Let me see if I can find this quote real quick. But uh, sure. a neighbor had let me see I gotta find this oh that's fine (laughs) okay well here's a good quote (laughs) while I'm trying to find this other one so when when uh Glennie Langford was in bed she said She's called quietly across the room for the family to come and look, not really believing her eyes. Of course not. Um, Lucky, across the room, was on his feet at once, lifted the 12-gauge, and said, I'm going to shoot. His terrified mother said, for God's sake, don't. (laughs) (laughs) And Lucky was not persuaded, and he said, Mama, I'm going to shoot that little man. <laughs> and then he fired. Boom. And they Please were last don't. seen at 5.15 a.m. on so... August 22nd. Man, what a night. Mm-hmm. What a wild night. Okay, so I can't find the quotes, but uh, I I remember a good amount of it. It was from a neighbor that was across the field from them. At one point, around 8 p.m., he, like when it was starting to get dark, he saw a lot of lights in the field and thought it was the Suttons out there with flashlights trying to round up their pigs because he thought maybe their pigs had gotten out of their pen or something like that, and he was... sure kind of debating whether or not he should go help. Yeah. Um, 
And in hindsight, he said he was very glad he didn't go help because it doesn't sound like it was them looking for their pigs. And had he wandered too close to the house, he probably would have got blasted. That's true. He would have committed murder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, he uh. was, in the end, he was like, I'm glad I didn't, uh, didn't go over there. Yeah, he was probably kicking his ass, like, man, I should have helped him out. Like, I'm a neighbor. Like, that's what good neighbors do. And mm-hmm. then after the fact, after the fact, he's like, nah, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I put have probably got shot. Yeah, it's like, it's, you know, I'd rather not want a bullet in <laughs> Or a few. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, uh, another neighbor, I don't know if it was the same one, but said it sounded like a, like a war zone almost over there. I bet. How many just then, gun stops, gun, gunshots nonstop? Yeah. And then some some neighbors didn't hear anything, but you know, sound travels strange, and who knows? Right. Because when the police came and they investigated, and they were very thorough, which is why I have so much to go off of here. Because this is one of the probably the best documented cases of one of these things that I've ever seen. Absolutely, I think it might be the best one. It's very uh, yeah. There's so much, I mean, oh. even what you just read, it's so much. And I have, like, police reports and all sorts of stuff. Like, there's layouts of, like, the house and, like, where the guns were fired from and everything. Incredible. But then there's, the weird thing is, though, that, like, they never picked up the shell casings or, like, anything. They didn't bag them as evidence or anything like that. So I the next... Just, yeah, oh, go ahead, sorry. No, I was just, the next morning people start showing up because a reporter came and asked and interviewed them all, like tried to get all the facts from them before any of this got out. And then that was played on the radio. Damn it. The fucking radio. The story. And then people were like, what? Little men? Oh. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's not too far from here. Let's go see if we can find them. And then everybody shows up. The goddamn radio. Mm -hmm. Man, there it is. So, yeah. So then uh, the Sutton's life kind of went to shit after that. Because they didn't want anything to do with this. People were mocking them. You know, people are showing up like, oh, little men, huh? Right. Yeah. And, like, the only reason they went to the police was for help. They were like, yeah, they wanted more guns. Yeah. And then it got gets out, and then people are calling them liars and saying it's a hoax. And like these people were terrified. Yeah. And yeah, then they became ridiculed, and but then people just kept showing up. You know, hundreds, thousands. Yeah. Would come. Which is insane. Yeah. And so they kind of clammed up pretty quick after that, and that's why they started trying to deter people from showing up and like they actually left town or like started to and then they're like well everybody's showing up and we got to protect all our stuff right they were gonna go they were gonna go stay with one of their sisters who lived in michigan so they okay oh actually before even all that they they tried to go about their monday you know the following day as normal as possible and some of them went to indiana like they drove up there for work yeah and one of them went hunting and just tried to like 
get about normalcy. Right. And and then they came back and there's just people all over their yard. And man. And what a mess. uh Yeah, Lucky came storming into the house like what the hell's going on here? And then that's where the reporter kind of comes in and he's got he's like taking their d- descriptions and trying to get uh a drawing of this these things made. Awesome. Lucky comes barging in the house, ready to like kick everybody out of the house and be like, get out of here. And he right. sees the drawing and he's like, that's it. And like, just like looked at it. And then like, I think he said a, f- a few things like the ears weren't so much pointed like out the side of the head, but they kind of like went along the head a little bit more. And like all of these people described the same thing and they'd all been, they all saw him the night before. And then none of them had, there was no evidence that they like talked about like, oh, if we're going to make this thing up, let's say it looked like this and like this. And the the reporter went to each one individually and asked them like to describe it and pretty much came up with the same thing every time. The one person that they said was maybe embellishing things, what didn't okay. seem 100% trustworthy was Billy Ray, who, even if you look at the Sutton family, had been like, shooting star, yeah, sure, whatever. Like, obviously, like, some sort of jokester, or, like, right. embellishes things. And most of the police and newspapers and everything kind of picked up on that from him pretty they're like, quickly. They're like, all right, Billy, yeah, because now he's got an audience, so he's like, time to talk. It's like, all right, Billy, calm down. Yeah, which... Kind of, you know, made the Sutton family, like the actual Suttons who were just trying to get on with their lives and be normal about, or try to get back to normal, made them a little displeased, I guess. Yeah, it's like, shut up, Billy Ray. Quit talking to them. Yeah. And then, so eventually, like, there was some army guy there at one point who was doing an interview um, a couple Air Force guys, but like the Air Force never says that they sent investigators or anything like that, but they were definitely there and all sorts of weird stuff. So the newspaper gets out about the little green men from Hopkinsville and it's yeah, all over. It's all there over it from there. Yeah, there it is. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Yeah. So, there, yeah, there was a lot of weird things with these guys. Like, the UFO, the floating, they look like gremlins, basically. Uh-huh. Like, Yeah. That's <laughs> these things are crazy, and it's terrifying night for these guys, for the Sutton family here. Uh, a lot of a lot of people try to say that you know this didn't happen. Something happened. Something happened to scare these people so bad that they're firing off guns in their own house, out their windows, and 
just terrified. 11 right. people saw these things. If it was a group hallucination, it was wild. <laughs> yeah, I'm always you know? curious about those, right? Like the fact that all those details would translate to everybody and they saw all the same things. Yeah, that's hard to. It's a lot. Hard for me to get behind. Like, I mean, sure. If if you see something and you can't really tell what it is, uh, you just kind of, you know, you, you you both see something. And you're yeah. like, oh, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But you can't really describe it because you don't know what it is. No, you These don't. guys are all describing something and they're all like, when they're they're saying their descriptions, they come up with it, and then somebody else walks into the room. And they're like, "Holy shit, you drew it!" Like, yeah, that's my guy. He's right there. Yeah. So, pretty weird for it to be a group hallucination where everybody comes up with that much detail about things. And then. Yeah, and then Billy Ray is kind of throwing everything off, though, because he's overheard talking with other people and saying, oh, I had a nose, and then Lucky hears him saying this, and he he tells him it didn't have any nose, and then Billy Ray's like, oh, yeah, maybe it didn't have a nose, and yeah, like get out of here, stuff Billy. like that. Right. Billy, get out of here. He's going to describe like a fucking Klingon or something. Billy, get out of here. This isn't what we're talking about. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, he was, uh, Lucky was giving him some dirty looks, I guess, when he would embellish, like, he would call him out, basically, on it, and be like, no, 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 don't listen to him, he's yes, full stop. of shit. Yeah, stop. Like, it's already it. weird enough what I have to try to describe to you, I don't want this nonsense being spouted. Right. No. Uh, yeah, and then... Some people reported seeing lights fly off the next morning. Early risers, you know, right before sure. dawn. There were some reports of that. So what happened here? Some visitors just stopping by. Maybe they uh, were fixing their ship. Decided to see what's nearby. Poor find guys. this house. Some and they're like, guys. what is that? I'm going to walk towards it with my arms up so nobody, like, vaporizes me or something. I don't know. Right. And then they're just getting hit with, like, these metal pellets that I guess their skin is resistant to but doesn't feel good. Like, oh, no. They're trying to kill yeah. us. It's like oh, knocking God. them over and stuff. Yeah, it's like, oh, jeez. Yeah. So this is the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter, Close Encounter. Little Green Men from Hopkinsville. Little Green Men from know- Kentucky. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Do you know this uh, This movie inspired a film franchise? Do you know which one? I do. It's a beautiful thing. Critters? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just kept picturing the, uh, the... I mean, the shoot. It's perfect. It's the same. I mean, obviously, different takes on the concept, but it's the same shootout... The same, like if you know this going into critters, like holy mm-hmm. shit, a lot, of, a lot of things line up, a lot of details on purpose, but of course they're critters, not yeah. So yeah, know. so there, there's a few different names for these this encounter. Uh, it's 
the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter or the Hopkinsville goblins, uh, Ooh. the Kelly green men, um, all sorts of stuff. Uh, another, another thing to add on to the list of, uh, travels here. Oh, absolutely. They have little green men days. Oh, in, uh, yes. Now, how could you not? Holy shit, man. I'm telling you when, when, when the world behaves itself and if it retains a level of sanity that allows interstate travel, Mm -hmm. there are so many things that need to happen. A hundred percent. The cross country ghost, the cross country ghost haunting monster trek, whatever we'll call it a cool thing. We'll we'll get time to think about that, but that'll be amazing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people try to cheese. Yeah. A lot of people try to debunk this, really, you know. And some of these debunking things to me are weird. Like, they try to say it's like great horned owls, like being protective of their nesting site or something like that. Oh, my God. How protective are these owls? Right. They keep coming at you and they resist bullets. Yeah. And, okay, so that's, that's what I don't like about that. But then also, yeah. like, when the hundreds of people start showing up and these overprotective owls, where are they at then? There's people everywhere, and what are they just like, never mind, it's whatever, lost cause. Yeah, they're like, all right, I guess we've we got to bail. There's too many people now. There's just not 11 in one house. I have to leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, okay. like, yeah, and then they're just gone, and there's no, like, you shoot a you shoot an owl with a shotgun, there's going to be feathers everywhere and there's going to be a yeah. dead bird on the ground. <laughs> yeah. You might, you might find it like way over there, but that thing is not going to make it. Yeah. Especially point blank. Like he said, he hit it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You blow it apart. Poor owl. Yeah. In pieces. <laughs> Boom. I mean, yeah, it'd be gone. Yeah. That owl would not make it at all. None of them would. There'd be carcasses all over the place. And the police would have showed up and be like, you guys killed a bunch of fucking owls tonight. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. So what like- happened? Yeah, so I don't like that. Uh, I mean, it great. does kind of explain, like, the floating, because you could see them, like, they would hover off, you know, like... Sure. Or f- spread their wings and just glide, you know? So we're just supposed to ignore the fact that these owls walked with their hands up, coming toward people, like, hey, what's up? Like, yeah. I mean, there's no, like, claws in the ends. It's two specific details. I mean, I guess my stance is they saw something happen to these people that night, and but I can't. It's a weird one. You can't. You know. You don't know. Mm-hmm. But saying it's some kind of bird or animal. This isn't like saying the Mothman is somebody who saw like a giant crane. This is different. These things were coming at people. They were shooting at them. They blew holes in their own house. Who shoots their own house and then goes to the police station at night to create some kind of hoax conspiracy? No one does right. that. And then tries to go about their day the next day like nothing happened. Like right. if they're trying to, if they're trying to like prank somebody or hoax somebody you're not going to just leave you you want to stay around and and uh witness you know yeah and that's what a lot of people are like well they tried to make money off of it because they did the uh the sign but that was to deter people from coming out of their property because they want to be left alone right and they never got any money from it but people point at that and they're like look it was all a scheme yeah, well, it fucking it sucked. 
it didn't yeah, work out then, for them if that was and then the they plan. tried to flee to Michigan because they were like this sucks and uh, yeah so bad time yeah, but not, aliens not maybe good. I don't know something. goblins I don't know something I mean the Air Something's Force weird. showed up they'll deny the it Force. But the Air Force showed uh, up yeah and that they actually I read through some of their are you familiar with Project Blue Book at all? Yes. Yeah, I it's am. like a UFO sightings that the Air Force documents and everything for those yep. that aren't. Yeah, there's shit out there. there. There's some documentation in there of basically not a lot to go off of, but there was one where it was like, hey, this might get leaked. Like people saw something and it might have backlash on the Air Force. And then that's about it. Like there's definitely some stuff. They looked into it a little bit. Yeah, how much? Like, let's check. They didn't really, you know. Yeah, we don't get some of the stuff got released, but maybe not all of it. You know how they do that stuff, right? Well, I mean, and there's always. I mean, there's been the reports coming out of all the, you know, out of our beautiful government during the shit show of a, you know, the past years we've had, just throwing random UFO stuff out there just to get lost in the news. Yeah, like they've they've yeah. been saying shit. It's like what? Yeah, we don't mm-hmm. know what those are, which basically amounts to, yeah, we see things, we don't know what they are. That's a fucking lot to just admit, though. You don't know what this is? Yep. Yeah. We don't know well, what this may- is. Yeah, they claim they don't know what it is. But they're acknowledging some things are out there, which I think is insane to me. As somebody who thinks that'd be incredible, but I'm like, probably, I mean, that's we're not going to be that lucky to have to deal with aliens. That's not going to happen. But, Wait for the season finale of this year. I mean, that's is that that's what unites the human race. The or the aliens will save us, or exterminate us. Mm-hmm. Oh, you never know. Fifty-fifty ah. <laughs> shot. Go. Who knows? Yeah, it could be the aliens from Mars attacks. It could be Star Trek Vulcans who came and just offered peace. It could be, fuck, I don't know. Predators just decided to hunt us all to death. Why not? Why not? Here come the yachas hunting humans. Great. <laughs> Cool. Just yeah. picture a Yacha. Oh, that should be a Predator movie. A Yacha going down like Washington D.C. He's like killing people outside Pennsylvania Avenue. He breaks in the White House. <laughs> has to fight. He has to fight the Secret Service because, you know, he's going for high priority, high valued targets. Yeah. That's an interesting film uh, that I just thought of. I'd like that idea. This <laughs> is punching Secret Service men. <laughs> uh huh. Breaks into the Senate as they're in session. Just starts cleaning house. He's looking for all the, like, he's got to collect, like, you know, the, you know, all the high-ranking members of the Senate. It's his mm-hmm. mission. It's his mission. Senate pro town. Speaker in the house. Over there on the other side. Yeah, you know. What a weird thing for a predator to do. But anyway, well, I mean, I don't know. Because huh. yeah. they, they only go after people with weapons, and, like, the United States has, like, the most weapons. <laughs> Yeah. I think he could justify that pretty easily to go after a bunch of politicians. Fucking yacha. <laughs> but yeah, they saw something and like, what's going on here? I don't know. I don't know. Crazy stuff. But yeah, that is the little green men of wow. Kelly Hopkinsville. If anybody's seen some green men, just let us know at weirdandfruitpodcast at the gmail.com. Mm-hmm. On all the social medias, the Facebooks, the Instagrams. And that Patreon where you can jack in and listen to Behind the Veil 
our uh, After Hours Behind the Scenes Continued Conversation podcast. If you want to support the show, it's all right there. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash Weird and Feared. And you should do that. And above all, stay spooky. Yeah, stay spooky. Stay spooky.